Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Another week, another episode coming at you. And uh, I have four sick kids. That's right. Every one of my kids is sick at this moment. And uh, I take the day off work, and it's been kind of a, kind of one of those days. Um, but... Uh, we got to make the most of it. I'm still going to get this episode out to you guys. Um, this week, talking with my good bunny, Toadie, uh, from Drawn Archery. And uh, he's going to share the story of his uh, buck last year. And it's a wild one. You guys are going to enjoy it. Let's get into the people that make this possible. Then we'll get into the show. Starting off with Exodus Outdoor Gear. Uh, as you guys know, the last episode, we talked about the new Rival A5. This is the updated version of their cell cam, the Rival um, this this camera has better picture quality, um, better battery life, coming in at the same price as the Rival. And uh, they put out a whole bunch of details that they're releasing the app soon. Going to have the Exodus app, um, a new SD card camera, as well as a whole bunch of other stuff. So make sure and get on the website. Sign up for the newsletter um, for Exodus. Next, you got Rec Broadheads, um, the new X, uh, HXP 2.25 cutting a mechanical came out so if you are a guy who loves a big wide tough mechanical that you can replace the blades on has a big chisel bone tip on it um, make sure and check out the rec hxp um, you can use code wlp to save you 15 percent on those broadheads as well as exodus forgot use code wl that'll save you money at checkout as well if you're wanting to get into um, some tax time money cell cams um if you have any questions, make sure to reach out. I can answer anything about Exodus. been using it for almost six years now. Absolutely love the cameras and still have the original cameras I bought running um, in the woods after six years. And I have warrantied a couple and had no problem at all. Their, their five-year no BS warranty is no joke, best in the industry. Um, but uh, before we get into this, Tony does run a bowstring company called Drawn Archery. Um, makes custom bowstrings, um, whatever bow, whatever color. Very high quality material, um, fast turnaround. Um, he loves doing older bows to get people back in the game that maybe they want to get an old bow back to shooting that's been sitting around, needs a string. Um, he loves doing that. 
um, and uh, just an all-around great dude, and he shares a great story here. Um, so um, before we get into that, we got the call-out of the week. Um, this week, I'm going to hit you a little hard. Um, I want you to get up early one one day this week and get something accomplished before work. Um, I don't care if it's you got to get up at 430, you got to get up at 6, whatever. I don't care if it's working out, if it's something you need to do around the house, um, something you need to do on the computer. Wake up early, accomplish that goal before you go to work and see how that feels and see if that's something that you could sustain um, and do after talking to multiple people. Um, them waking up early was the, the game changer they needed to to get on the right mindset to have that extra time in the morning. Um, so that's that's the challenge. Wake up, try to accomplish something early in the morning before everyone's up, before the kids are up, before the wife's up, um, and get it knocked out. All right, let's get into the show. All right, we got Tony on from Draw and Outry. How are you doing tonight, brother? Doing fantastic. Thanks for having me, my guy. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. This has got to be maybe, is it your third time coming on the show? Yeah. Yeah, that's, yep. that's, that's cool, man. It's been a couple-year friendship and uh, started from, I think you just cold-messaged me and then started a friendship. I think it, you were went on the Exodus podcast and kind of got linked up through those guys, but crazy how things uh, – work and now we've had a friendship that we chat together for for a couple years and um you killed your buck this year and i was like man i want to have him come on and uh <laughs> and tell your story because i had a buck that was just like that that i was after which was crazy when you sent me the picture i'm like i got one that looks almost like his brother <laughs> out here in illinois i'm trying to kill <laughs> right it was that was fantastic so uh, but before we get into the story, go ahead and introduce yourself. Let them know about your company. Oh yeah, and shout out to you. Um, Tony's gonna send me some some bow strings. He's got a little special secret sauce. He's lining up for me. Um, oh yeah, gonna be shooting the fresh uh, fresh strings for the beginning of the bow season next year. And uh, my bow is a couple years old, so it's about that time to uh, to get into some strings. So do an introduction for yourself, and then a quick spiel on. Uh, your bowstring company, and then we'll get into the story. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is uh, Tony Sangelosi. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm the owner and founder of Drawn Archery in Northeast Ohio. We are a bowstring builder, um, just a regular dude, nine to five worker, married with two kids, a couple animals, and just a uh, whitetail fanatic. So um like you said, man, uh, been on a couple times and, you know, got to, got to thank you and, um, you know, all your listeners, I can't tell you how many have reached out and, uh, I ended up developing a relationship with, you know, Hey, heard you on whitetail legacy, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, we end up talking for days or weeks or, you know, still talking to some of these guys. So, uh, just really appreciate your friendship as always, you know, I appreciate your support, all the listeners support. Um, we really, really appreciate it, man. Yeah, it's cool how it works, man. You, I get those a lot where people are like, they hear you on the show, they hear me talk about it, and then their message would be like, is is it, is it legit? I'm like, dude, Tony's like one of the most legit dudes you're going to know. I'm like, you got to <laughs> just message him and talk to him. And then they're like, all yeah. right, I'm going to do it. You know, they just need that little bit of reassurance. Push. Their message being be like, you know, this is like, I mean, because there's so many ads out there, people yeah. talking about this product. And over the years of me doing this, now I just only – talk about people that, like I like the people that are running the business more than the, the business. Same. You know, it's just like I'm supporting, Same, dude, I'm supporting the people behind it. Cause that's what, 
um, that's what I, they're supporting me in the show. Um, and they're yeah. good dudes, you know? So everybody I work with, I'm like, I would go to war for this guy, like legitimate. So if, if yep. he's, if he's on the show, he's, he's legit shit. And, um, like I said, we've grown our friendship over the, over the years. And it's, it's cool. What this podcast has come to is, you know, I got some really good friends, if anything, out of the show for doing it the last, um, six years or so, I think it's been long, crazy long haul, but well, without further ado, man, let's get – I haven't even heard the full story, so I'm excited to hear this. This will be my first run through. Um, so let's get into the story, man. Yeah, so it's a it's a two-dayer, um, and at any time, stop me and ask some questions because I'll be super long-winded because this was – man, this was one that I'll never forget, that's for sure. So um, I always take the week of uh, Halloween off, so I try to peg it right around – a day or two before Halloween that week leading into the beginning of November is my hands down favorite time to hunt. Scrapes are going wild. Bucks are super reactive to calls rattling. Um, I just love to hunt that. And uh, so the plan was um, I, I had a really big ear on camera here at home. And the night before uh, I had a run in, um, this is a whole nother section of the story. I'll just tell it real quick. Well, every time I would have these group of raccoons come in this large, probably one sixties deer, he had, uh, three brow tines on each side. So if you think of like brow tines are just two sticks, he had three on each side, almost like a trident. It was so badass. And I had this deer kind of patterned I thought um but like I said these raccoons would come in and every time I would see the raccoons on my trail camera footage at some point very close within the next 10 minutes that deer would show up so I went out to uh I went out one night to hunt them and I'm up in the tree and I'm just going to give you a very condensed version of this story because this isn't the deer I killed it's just it's just a very funny story so I'm in the tree and I start to see these raccoons come out and they're getting pretty close to my tree, man. So I made a noise to try to scare them and they all scattered. Well, one started coming up the tree, dude, my tree. <laughs> and I, he didn't see me there yet, but I'm looking down at him, and I am like kicking as hard as I can to try to get this thing's attention. Well, all of a sudden, dude, we locked eyes and that thing was, he didn't expect to see me. And to be honest with you, I didn't expect a raccoon climbing my tree. Well, as I'm frantically kicking, the raccoon ends up running down the tree and I look up, dude, in 70 yards at deer staring at me, watching me like a fool in the tree kick after this raccoon. <laughs> it blew, took off the other direction, never saw that deer again. So needless to say, I was a little, uh, I was a little frustrated. So one of my buddies invited me to come hunt with him and it was just supposed to be a, just a doe hunt, man. I just, I wanted to go out, have some fun. And sometimes when, um, when we're after a specific deer and something goes sideways, it's very hard sometimes to get out of that mental, um, state where you're just like frustrated. You feel like nothing can go right. Those are the times where I think it's really important that we get together with somebody in our community and go out and hunt and have some fun again. Not saying hunting's not fun, but we put a lot of pressure on ourselves as men, as bow hunters, as deer hunters, 
Um, and we get really uh, aggressive when it comes to hunting bucks, you know? So I called my buddy Chip and uh, we were just going to go sit in a blind and whack some does and have some fun and laugh again and get my head back in the game. So the uh, day of Halloween, um, me and my buddy Chip were sitting in a blind and this blind is an old horse trailer. So we put plyboard down, put a couple chairs in there and it's right off of this field um, with, with wood surrounding it. And it's like nine 30, almost 10 o'clock. And, you know, we're sitting there laughing the whole time and having a good time. Such a fun hunt. But basically we get to the point where we're like, Hey, we're going to wait another 10, 15 minutes and we're going to split. Well, every time that I've ever said that phrase, I swear that's when the, and, and when I start thinking, Hey, I'm going to pack it up. That's when something's going to happen. Yep. So dude, sure enough, I look up and this deer is starting to crest over the hill. And I am in such awe. It is closing the distance fast, coming right at us, dude. And I have never seen a deer that wide with my own eyes in the woods. He ended up measuring 25 and a half inches tip to tip. So very wide deer. And I'm just staring at this deer and my, my buddy Chip looks at me. He goes, grab your freaking bow. But dude, I was just so mesmerized like by the size of the thing that like I didn't even pick my bow up yet. So I grab my bow and this deer's coming right at me, man. And I'm starting to range him, starting to range him while well, he starts to turn um, to my right, which is his left, because he's going to go into these woods and he's just farting around, kind of taking his time. Well, he ends up getting to 23 yards. I got my bow in my hand, got my pin dialed in. All I'm waiting for him to do is just take one or two more steps and I got a perfect broadside shot. So I'm like, Normally when this happens, man, I am a mess. I'm shaking. I'm like, can't breathe. I, I fall apart. But for whatever reason at this moment, dude, I was like a stone cold killer. Like I've always wanted to be. Um, some people get calm, you know, and then after the shot and they fall apart. I'm just a mess the whole time, dude. Cause I just, I just love hunting so much. And so he gets, uh, like I said, 23 yards and he's, Dude, he's just about, just about broadside. And I grabbed my bow and I made a stupid rookie mistake, man. Anybody who ever gets in a tree or in a blind, the number one rule is you always draw your bow back. You look for any obstructions, anything that's going to happen. You know, if you're saddle hunting, any, your bridge gets in the way or blind, you know, anything. And I didn't do that for whatever reason. Um, me and my buddy were laughing. We were having a good time. I just, didn't think about doing it, man. So as this deer turns broadside, I grab my bow and I go to pull it back. Dude, my front stabilizer bangs off this metal horse trailer, dude. Just the loudest bang. And at that point, the deer's looking over in this direction. He has no idea we're inside it. But now I'm fully shaking. Oh, yeah. And dude, I don't even know if I anchored, but 23 yards. I practice a shot every single day in my life. Like, you know, I could make this shot in my sleep, pull my bow back again. I was, or I was already at full draw after I hit that trailer and I let it go. And dude, the worst possible case scenario happened. I shot it in the guts and out the back left leg. Now 
instantly I put my head down, man. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And I was shooting that new beast broadhead. I don't shoot mechanicals at all, but I, I saw the broadhead. I wanted to try it. It's got a two inch cut. And again, we were only just shooting some does and I just, I just wanted to try it. You know, I haven't shot a, a mechanical in probably five or six years, but I truly think that that's probably one of the reasons why I ended up recovering this deer. So after I realized I shot it, it ran off to my right and my buddy Chip is sitting on the left side of the blind. So he can still see the deer. I can't. And I'm like, dude, what's going on? And he goes, dude, it's guts are hanging out. Like just let's sit here for a second, see what he does. And I'm like, dude, we got to go kill that deer. So he goes, well, let's, let's try to sneak out of here, go knock another arrow and we'll sneak behind the blind and put another shot. in So I knock an arrow. We start getting out slowly and dude, as soon as we get out, I didn't know there was another deer behind us. So we get out and yeah, that deer blew. And I watched that, uh, big old wide glide start taking off towards the other end of the property in the woods. So dude, at that point, I'm like, I just can't believe this happened. 23 yards chip shot just completely blew it. So we, we go back into the blind and we're sitting there for a little bit and we're just talking through this. What are we going to do this or that pull up um, Spartan forge? And we're starting to look at property boundaries and this or that. Well, in that area, it's like the property is like a bowl. And on the other end of the property, that deer would have to go up a pretty steep hill and then cross a main road and then go into another block of wood. So we're like, you know what? let's just go back to the house. Let's get warm, chill out for a little bit, eat and think about what the heck we're going to do. So do we get to the house and we're starting to call some people and you know, Hey, this is where I shot him. What do you think? A hundred percent of the people said, dude, it's a gut shot. Give him some time. He's going to die. It's just a matter of fact of when, you know, and I, and I truly believed in that too. You know, the deer, you can't, I mean, nothing can survive with the guts hanging out, you know, and unfortunately, this is the this is the bad side of hunting that nobody wants to go through. But I truly believe if you do it long enough, you're gonna you're gonna have one of these scenarios, man. If not more than one, and it's it's not something that I'm proud of, but it happens. And I, and I'm not gonna not gonna tell the story of you know, hey, uh, I shot a deer and everything was perfect and la da 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 da, happy ever after. Like this is this is the part of that that people need to hear. Um, because you're going to go through it. Right. Oh yeah. So long story short, we ended up deciding that, um, let's let them sit overnight and we'll come back in the morning. So I'm thinking in my head, this deer's dead. We're going to recover in the morning and I get home. And of course, dude, my mind's just all over the place, man. I'm, I'm beating up on myself. I can't stop thinking about the deer. I feel terrible. And, uh, but I know that this deer's dead. Like when I wake up in the morning and we go there, that that deer is going to be dead. So talk to my wife and I said, Hey, you know, I want my daughter to stay home from school the next day because when she was, um, she probably hasn't hunted with me in the last maybe five years, but when she was younger, we would go all the time. And before I really knew what I was doing, um, not that I know what I'm doing now, but obviously I'm way more, uh, versed now than I was but she would be out there in the cold with me. We would never see a deer, you know, and she never got a chance to shoot her first deer. Then she became a teenager and, you know, parents aren't cool anymore during that stage. Um, but 
I felt like we were going to recover this deer and I wanted to share that with her. So had her stay home from school. We didn't, uh, there wasn't supposed to be any weather overnight and I knew we'd be able to pick up blood the next morning and get right back on that deer. So next morning rolls around, man, I wake up, start getting dressed, wake my daughter up. I look outside and it freaking snowed, dude. It, it snow all over the ground. It's in the twenties temperature wise now. And at first, dude, I was super upset that it snowed because I have no reference of where this deer deer went now. I know the direction, but I was really hoping that I would have a trail. Again, there's two holes in this deer and a two inch cut. So it's going to bleed. Um, but I, I figured again that, Hey, this deer was going to be dead again, big temperature drop, coldest day of the year so far in Ohio. Um, now there's snow on the ground, like that deer's bedded up and it's dead. So we get all dressed, we get to the property and we put a quick game plan together of, Hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to spread out 30 yards. We're going to grid search this deer and we're going to end up finding it. So that's exactly what we did, man. We get about 30 yards apart, my daughter, Chip, me, and as we're walking, all of a sudden I hear my buddy Chip say, hey, that deer's right there. Bella's about to step on him. And all of a sudden I look over, the deer gets up and starts running back towards the other end of the property again. Now, when we watched that deer, it was heading towards the other end of the property at the property line, like where that hill goes up into the main road. It turned around that night and came all the way back and probably bedded down a hundred yards from where we shot it, which was really weird. It, it must've that leg when it came out that back leg, it must've been bothered that much that it didn't want to go up the hill. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So meanwhile, like I said, we bumped the deer, the deer goes towards the other end of the property. And now we're faced with the exact same scenario that we were faced with the day before the deer's heading to the other end of the property. (laughs) It's still alive. Like what the heck? So we're, uh, I'm about as frustrated as we could get at this moment. And, and this is why it's so important to have such good friends around because my buddy chip, man, he was like, dude, get your head up. We're going to get aggressive and we're going to go kill this deer today. Like, you know, enough's enough. So we jump in the truck and we drive around to where that deer could have went up the hill and crossed the road. Um, we park right where we could have crossed the road and thank goodness for the snow, because now we can see, did that deer cross the road or is it still in the same block of woods? So we verify, Hey, we got no tracks here. This deer is still in this block of woods. Now, how are we going to kill it? So yeah, dude, it, it, it was, it was wild. So, my buddy Chip is from Pennsylvania and they're real big on drives and I, I've never been a part of a bunch of deer drives. I'm not, I'm not versed in it. Uh, he's the, he's the guy when it comes to that. So again, we pull up Spartan Forge and he goes, we start looking at it and he goes, Hey, there's a big like football size, um, rectangle section of cattails that are like, they were probably like 10 feet tall. They were very tall. He goes, I bet you any money that deer's bedding in that. So he goes, drop me off. I'm going to start at the other end of this cattails. You and your daughter drive back to the property and get back to the other side. So if you're looking at a football field, he was in the top right corner and we were going to be in the bottom left corner. 
and he was going to flush that deer down to us. Now, if you're again, looking at that rectangle, okay, there's cattails right there. Then there's a crick, pretty deep one that follows those cattails with a 30 yard uh, section of like a trail. So there's cattails, 30 sec, 30 foot wide section of um, like a path. And then the crick that follows it. So that deer, if he were to bump him, he's either going to come through those cattails or he's going to run through the cattails to that opening and run between the cattails and the crick. So we're down in the bottom left-hand corner and I text him and I'm like, Hey man, we finally got here. So me and my daughter were behind a tree. Her only job is the rangefinder. So, you know, showed her how to use it. Hey, just point click, tell me the yards. So after I text him and basically tell him, Hey, we're, we're here. Um, I assume he starts walking through the cattails because about two minutes later, my phone in my pocket is going berserk. Won't stop. Like, I'm not going to pull my phone out. My bow's in my hand, you know, like I'm ready to see this deer. So I turn around to look behind me because I thought I heard a noise and I wanted to make sure that he didn't sneak somewhere where we couldn't see him. And by the time I turn my head back around, my daughter goes, here he comes. And dude, same scenario as when I saw him for day one, man, I'm in awe. And this deer is just trotting right at me and he's not running. He's just, he just got spooked and he's just trying to get away from my buddy. My buddy ended up getting like, my buddy ended up getting like, um, two, three feet from him and ended up bumping him. So dude, I see this deer coming and I'm telling my daughter, like, just, just start ranging him and start calling out yardages. So she's going 82, 71, 68 and dude my heart is just pounding because we're just behind two little basketball sized trees well i knew i had to make a decision this deer is following that crick i know he doesn't want to jump in it because of his leg and i know it's only 30 or 35 yards or whatever from me to the crick so i know he's he's probably going to be around 20 yards 25 yards so i roll my pin down to 20 yards and when I was done setting my pin, I looked over and there's this tree laying down perpendicular to me, which meant that when that deer got to that tree, he was going to have to jump over it. Um, and with his leg, like, I don't know if he's, if he's going to attempt it, I don't know what he's going to do. So I turned, turned so he would be broadside to me. And now my daughter's yelling out 40, 38, and he's slowing down because he sees that tree. So he gets to the tree man and I see him stop and think for a second and he jumps over the tree and I yelled out the biggest and I hear my daughter go 13 and dude I put it on him double lunged him ran right towards the creek and uh you know probably ran an extra 30 yards and fell in the creek and uh expired man and uh, let me tell you I it was probably the most emotional moment hunting that I have ever had one because it was a two day just absolute wild show roller coaster up down up down up down but to be able to share that with my daughter um you know she she had never experienced any type of hunt like that ever uh my buddy chip um dude I just I hit the ground and just 
on my knees, just so thankful that I get it, get to bow hunt. So thankful that, you know, we live in a great country where we can, we can enjoy these things that, um, you know, you, you, I, I punished myself for 24 hours after that shot, man. And we, it, it ended up, it, it ended up ending the way it should have ended before, but not without some work. And dude, it was, I, I know my daughter will never forget that moment. I'll never forget that moment. My buddy will never forget that moment. I mean, it took, it took all three of us to kill this deer and, uh, and we did it, dude. And it was, it was fantastic. So Wow, what a that, kick, uh, yeah, it, what a it, kick-ass story, dude. That's badass. It ended the way it should have, that's for sure. Yeah, a couple of things I picked up was, you know, it's cool of you to, to bring your daughter out on that recovered, maybe to, to spark her interest a little bit and then be like, hey, this is what it's actually, you know, this is what we're actually trying to do out here. But it was really yeah. cool of you to give her a job. Um, that's something I've been doing with my boys when they go hunting with me, like, you're rattling or you're going to reuse the rangefinder or you got the binos, like, you know, you yep. watch this into the blind, um, having, letting them be in the hunt, you know, if she was just standing there, it would have been cool, but she was yep. in the, in the hunt and had a job. So it puts a little bit of pressure on her. And then yep. she heard her, her adrenaline was going just like she was probably behind the bow because she didn't want to say the wrong yardage and she's trying to get on them yep. to be able to get the yardage. Um, so, she made it, she, she made it five minutes in the truck on the way home and she was out. Yeah. <laughs> she just left the whole way up. <laughs> <laughs> wore off. She's like, I need to get a little power nap in, but Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that like I said, that's badass to to give her a job during that moment. Um because it took a little pressure off you having to because that's that that's a hard thing with bow hunting is being able to range, hold your bow, get drawn and you know, do all the whole nine yards. Having another person do that's always awesome. And when, when I filmed with a guy I never ranged. They would always range and be like, all right, you know, he's 30 or 32. And I'd be like, all right, yeah. I'm on the money. You know, like yep. that just that one less step that you have to worry about is really nice. And then, you know, you mentioned Halloween and the man this year that the, that time frame was just, it's always good. But with the cold weather that we had during that time frame, it was literally the best five days of the year was before November. Like it was people were laying bucks down left. I, I think every single person locally here that are friends of mine, uh, all killed deer around this time, dude, that, that end of October, very early November was hot. Yeah. It was magical. That was like, I was in areas after bucks, like specific bucks and my, normal week and a half later rut pinches were on fire during that time. Yeah, it was incredible. And I was like, I was like, man, like I, you know, like giant bucks coming through those pinches, like the random giants that should be two weeks from now. I'm like, damn it, what the hell is going on? And then it happened once and I was like, all right, that was a fluke. And then it happened a second time. <laughs> and I was like, damn it, I missed two of my shooter bucks back to back days. Um, and then I went and hunted the third day and had a really close call on a giant 10. Um, yeah. but man, I don't, I just, he came in, hit that scrape right in that pinch, raking shit, breaking leaves. He was knocking, he was, the scrape tree is right by a hedge tree and he was knocking hedge tree balls down cause he was shaking the other trees limbs and shit. It was just loud as hell up there. And I could see him, his rack and shit. He's only like 65 yards and grunted at him and. 
um, just did the whole, I'm going downwind deal, you know, and close, <laughs> yeah. close to, close to uh dark, you know, kind of a, a last ditch effort. But if I'd have been in that pinch, I'd have been in the money, but it's hard. You know, you got the wind and shit. I need to get some kind of blind right in that corner. Um, cause there's no really trees you can get into. I did end up hunting after that. I did end up getting into a tree and spent, oh my gosh, an hour cutting limbs and shit to be able to shoot and get into there. Um, yeah. and I, I had missed it, you know, those three, four or five days there, the bucks were just moving like it was peak rut. And then they were on a doe, you know, Halloween. Yep. It was just like, dang, Crazy. you know, that quick. Yeah. That cold weather snapped and it was like, all right, I find a doe and boom, they're, they're all finding a doe. I'm like, damn. And then it was just, yep. you're, 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 a, you know, you're at that point where you're sitting in a pinch and you're not seeing shit. You know, you're like, what the hell? You're seeing small bucks yeah. and stuff. You're like, it should be, you know, the buck parade right now it should be on fire, but it just wasn't. Yeah. So something to think that, about that, when we get that cold front of, you know, in future years, um, for me, you and the listeners be like, all right, those fuck those pinches might, might, might heat up a little early, you know, let's not miss that opportunity again. So it's amazing what, when you get some weather, what it really changes. Um, it, it it's no, I, I really truly believe that it's no coincidence. And I, and really for the last two years, we've had cold weather in Ohio earlier and earlier where I remember, you know, outside of that, man, it would be in October and sometimes it would still be in the seventies and, you know, sometimes eighties, you know, it'd be hunting early October and it'd just be so hot. And, uh, dude, we really got blessed with some, with the right weather, um, these last two years, especially this year. Yeah, we did. I mean, the, we've had a good front from the 15th to the 30th of October for like the last three or four years. Cause I've killed yeah. bucks on it. And a lot of times it's not like a big cold front, but it's like a real windy, nasty, rainy day with a, then a 20 degree drops coming. Love and, that. Yeah. Yep. And what's, what's always funny is, uh, you know, there's people online like, all right, this is it. This is it. And then people are like, ah, oh, we missed it. And, then, and I missed it. You know, you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's too early for him to get that crazy, you know, but it's just that weather just really yeah. has a humongous, it trumps everything. It even trumps time of year, you know, which does something to them, man. Yeah. It does some wild, wild shit to them. That's for sure. But man, I didn't, like I said, I didn't get the full story. I just knew that you'd killed a buck and I knew we were going to chat on it. I was like, let's save it until we record the episode. I'm glad I did. So that's yeah. definitely a well, wild that, story, man. I was going to, after you asked me to come back on, I was going to call you um, and tell you it. And I'm like, no, I want to save it <laughs> because you know, it's not, it's not the same thing when you yeah, say, it, you know, yeah. when you tell the story the second time, but yeah. dude, I just, I've, I learned so much from those two days. And I think one of the things that is most important is around that time of year, I'm, I'm not going to be, uh, I have to, I'm going to be aggressive as hell Yeah. during those times of years. Normally I, in the, before I wasn't, I was just like, I don't know why I wouldn't go deep in, you know, super close to bedding or like I was waiting just for does, you know, to bring a buck in instead of just aggressively hunting up, you know, that buck. Um, but I'm not, I'm not going to do that again. Like I, I, oh man. Things happen, you know, that, that shape and mold you and make you think different. And I, I truly believe that I had to go through those two days of torture to, you know, teach me uh, some hunting lessons. And, you know, another one of them was 
like I put all the, I put all the time in the world and especially being a, a bow string builder, I shoot my bow a lot. I'm testing strings a lot, um, tuning bows a lot. Um, so it wasn't from, um, lack of skill why I wounded that deer. Um, because I shoot my, like I said, I shoot my bow every single day, but shit is going to happen, dude. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's going to happen, but, and, and that's out of your control, but what happens next is fully in your control, right? So you can either, um, you know, chalk it up as a loss or you can find a way to win. And that's what we did. Um, so really proud of myself, proud of, proud of chip too, because like I said, I was, man, I wasn't in a good, uh, I wasn't in a good mental place at that time. Um, it's so important that you surround yourself with people who um, can pick you up when you're down. You know, they won't, they're not those people who are um, going to gash you up and tell you everything's going to be okay. And this or that. And he was like, dude, no, we're, we're going to, we're going to kill this freaking deer. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, we are going to go kill this deer. Let's go kill this deer. And I don't think if I was around him, I don't know if that scenario would have played out the way that it did, but I'll tell you what, that's my mentality now moving forward. Uh, instead of just playing it safe, I'm, I'm, I'm getting after him. And, uh, I think I need to go through this to, to change that mindset. Yeah. It'd definitely probably help you, you know, with your, uh, you know, getting jazzed up. I'm sure you get jazzed up on bucks, but now you've been in a situation where it's like super high anticipation, super yeah. high stress, so yep. you can you can always think back. Hey, I've been here before. Like this, this, yep. this you know, this is isn't a big deal. But I'm going to record a couple podcasts in a row um, before season about the importance of what you just said, and that's something that really dawned on me this year. So I took I took those uh, 16 days, and I hunted every single day, and I hunted you know pretty hard, and um, it's like. You wait all year for that, you know, that time frame, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, I got time. Oh, I got time. Oh, I got time. Yeah. Oh, but you yeah. don't. You don't, you don't have time. Yep. And and, and it, it dawned on me this year. I'm like, oh, I got, I got, you know, I got, I got time. I got time. I got time. Oh, I got, you know, late November. I got December. Well, you don't get no weather, you know. Yeah. Or you know, you, your gun season is is junk. Like that the importance of the good days like if you take a normal guy who's maybe hunting a long weekend right or maybe you can take a week um say he takes he's got a week vacation and he's going to do a couple long weekend where he's going to really rip it you know so say let's let's say he has 10 days you know in late october november that he can hunt um more than likely maybe three to four of those are going to be good weather days and yeah. two of them are going to be like the day, you know, yep. like where the deer, you got the deer actually moving that you want to kill and you're not just getting lucky coming off a doe or some stuff, to, you know. So when you think about how limited the time is, if you're a guy who has a family that is limited on time and work and shit, um, you got to, like I've been taking that long stretch of vacation um, and, uh, I think it's almost more beneficial for me to, okay, we got a 20-degree temperature drop in October. I'm going to take two days and yep. really hit it, you know. Yep. Or we got, you know, even if it's the 12th, I'm going to hunt a morning, get aggressive. Like, because yep. you, I mean, you can, you can definitely blow a buck out, but you can play it smart 
and and not. Um, but sure. especially like that twentieth on of October, um, any time that it gets good, like that first frost or you know that that day of movement where your cams just light up, and you're like shit, I missed it, you know. Yep. Um, yep. Instead of taking that big long stretch, which is really fun. Um, and kind of a grind, I think it'd be more, way more beneficial for a guy to kind of just break it up with the weather. If he has that ability, you know, hundred percent. Um, but if not, you just, like you said, you got to kind of be conscious of how important those days are. Cause you're like, Oh, I'm cold. Like I'll, I'll hunt all day tomorrow. Well, you like the day might be shit tomorrow. The wind might switch. Yep. If you yep. have the wind and you're in there, you gotta, you gotta make it happen. Yeah, um, and, that's, and add, yeah, that's where I caught myself this year. Was I? I always was like, oh, I, you know, I got ten more days, and and then yeah. well, two of those days are the good wind days that I could actually hunt there. Well, now I got two days, and I'm like, shit, you know, maybe I should have set all day, even with the wind was just a little bit edging, you know, maybe I should have got down and moved twenty yards over and get in a different tree and hunt. Hundred percent, you know. So yep. that's something that I learned this year that I was like, when you have those days, you got to take advantage of them, and. I've been hunting for how long and it took me this year to realize that. So there's guys out there that aren't, they're thinking like us, Oh hell, I got, I'm going to be hunting 15, 20 days. I'll, I'll have time, you know, I'll get something down. Yeah. Um, but sometimes Dude, you, you don't, you know, you don't have the time. Yep. Yep. To piggyback on that too. I think that, uh, there, when I, another thing that I learned this year was when I have, if it's pre Halloween, and I have, or even right around there, um, and I have a buck that I'm interested in. It's it's all systems goes on that buck because I can't tell you how many times I'll get to this time of year and I'll have a buck that I'm watching, and then just like that, dude, poof, yep, he's gone, yep. and I never see him again. And you, and or you talk to a guy, until late. Yeah, you talk to a guy, you know, and, and he's like, oh man, the weather ain't right you know don't don't push it don't don't bump him you know it'll get good here and uh you know a couple of days it's cold front yeah then he then he and leave then, then he's gone he's gone forever you know, i'm yeah. like if you got the property to hold said deer go get him you know i mean yeah sometimes like you said if i did that same thing early season had this buck like the day before season he's daylight in the bean field i'm like mm. and i talked to a lot of different people and a lot of people were like man, this weekend, the weather's going to be this coming weekend. The weather's going to be a lot better. And you yeah. Know, you'd have good, yeah. And then he's gone. Yeah. You know, I'm like, shit, you know, and uh, a buck that was like there and then a little bit less consistent and then a little bit less consistent. And, a little, and then by the time the weekend, I was getting very few pictures of him, you know, I'm like, where the hell is this yep. deer at? And, um, the, the opening day of that both opening day of both season, I went and pulled a red cam and I had him daylighting going into that bedding area that I was going to plan on hunting. So he was in there that day, just whether he would have exited the way that I was where I was at. Right. But I know for a fact he was in there. Um, cause I, but I didn't, you know, it was just an SD card cam. I didn't have any Intel until I went and pulled it later. Um, sure. but just to, you know, I took the advice of the guys saying, Oh no, kind of hang out and, you know, you know, if you don't have the property and the bucks leave, screw that, dude. I should have been yeah. in there opening day that evening on that bean field that he daylighted. Whether I mean, it was like it was warm. You know, it was like eighty. I should have been there. He was there the night before, but it just doesn't make sense by what everybody says whitetails do. But if you got if you see a deer or think a deer's doing something, 
it doesn't have to make sense, you know. Just, no. Just got to 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 got to go. Send it. Yeah. Yeah. And so. you know, for as long, yeah, and that's what that's another just amazing thing and you know fun thing about bow hunting, dude, is that like in the ups and the downs, like you're forever learning. I don't think, I don't think there's ever a point where you're going to get it figured out. I think that, uh, just you, you continue to add and add and add to, uh, to yourself to become a better bow hunter where, Hey, maybe you learn some more tendencies or this or that, but, um, that aggressive style, uh, that, I, I, that has to be me moving forward. You know, I, I have to, I just have to, you never know when you're going to, when they're going to disappear. You never know when somebody's going to shoot them. Uh-huh. Um, if you have the time and you're able and the wind's right, you know, your access is right. Obviously there's some things that have to be right to go hunt, right? You're not going to go hunt in bad wind. Um, but send it like you said, man. Yeah. One thing that, you know, I, I always think is like, ah, oh, man, you know, it, I'm going to, I'm going to mess it up for later. Um, but like you said, most of the time the bucks, they're not there. They're not there later. Yeah. You don't get that right. opportunity. You're, and then, yep. like you said, you're saving them for other people to hunt. That's going to educate yeah. them and mess them up anyways. Yep. On a lot of, you know, your neighbors are going to be hunting. You know, if there's other people on the farm, you're trying to stay off of it. And then they're out there, you know, hanging stands and stuff, or, you know, early October when you're trying to so not true. pressure this deer. Like, dude, so true. you know, if, if he's close, just, you just got to go and, that's going to be me yeah. next year. Like, and I, I'm going to do a, I'm going back to the absolute bullshit ways of just hunting one or two bucks only putting all my assets on those deer and yep, either not killing or killing a, a giant like I did in the past. Yeah. I got, I got hey. pretty tied up on the kill train for a while and not killing for a year. I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can, I can, I can handle this, you know, cause you go yeah. so long, not killing. You're like, I wonder what I would feel like, you know, mm. um, you know, having a year like that where, you know, you struggle and I struggled last year, but I killed in December, um, you know, the year before and this year I didn't kill a buck at all. I know sure. I hit, I hit, hit that buck in the shoulder and never recovered it, but, um, still live giant deer be huge next year. And, um, but like I said, it, I, I, uh, just got to go after them. And that's what I'm going to do is just narrow my, narrow my playing field to only two bucks or two or three bucks, you know, not six different properties and 30 sure. cams and this over here. And I'm on this buck or this buck might be potential. Where's he at? I just need to focus in on, you know, a couple bucks. And that's what I did in the past, man. And I had good success doing that. And I kind of got away from it because I wanted to just kill whatever, you know, I'm going to kill yeah. good bucks. So, yeah. so I'd be all right with, uh, I know I said I wouldn't be all right with a couple years and not killing, but if I could kill another seventies class deer, I'd be all right with a couple years, not killing. I <laughs> you know? don't, it's, I don't it's blame tough, you brother, but, but that's what I'm going to go back to. So don't blame you. All right, man. Well, I, uh, I appreciate you coming on and telling your story to listeners. I know there's probably got a lot of people jacked up with this story and uh anticipating bow season already here in january sure. <laughs> um but uh some of the states are still in crazy i, I wish we still yeah we are yeah we, we are we in ohio a we got bit. a couple right, weeks right when this weather hit real good the the our season ended there on the 15th and i was like yeah man that that's when those 
the big deer like i gotta go i gotta move you know gotta eat yep gotta, gotta go eat so but yeah we did that's why we didn't get it I love, until it was too late yep i love ohio uh you know i think we go a little late <laughs> you know always the first weekend in uh february is when it ends but uh it is great if you don't have a deer down you know it doesn't hurt that we can uh we can bait here um so late season you know it gets cold single digits like it is now and like you said it uh you know they got to move they got to eat so yeah for sure that definitely help 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 the odds a little bit all right brother i appreciate your time man yeah of course thank you uh you know and again thanks for you know thanks for the continued support uh thanks for the listeners you know i i really enjoy talking to you guys um you know thanks for all the support with the strings and uh you know, we, we just appreciate you a ton.